Heavenly Father, if Isaac Watts, who wrote that hymn, if he had been written, if he had been born 30 years ago instead of 350 years ago, he would not have changed a single word in that hymn. He would still be asking that he would know your will and then be granted your grace to do his will. Everything he stated in those four verses, he would state exactly the same now. Things don't change, Lord. Men, their needs, their fears, their worries, their concerns, their blessings. And then you, the constant source throughout all the centuries. Be with us this day, February 7th, 2021. May your word find entrance into the heart. And may the spirit touch that seed, cause it to blossom. In our Savior's name, amen. If I were asked what are the ten most important passages in Scripture, one of those top ten would be Romans 8. We read it two or three weeks ago as a New Testament reading. I want to read a little bit here and then go to verse 37. What then shall we say in response to this? To all of this that he's about to talk about. God who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. Won't he also graciously and freely give us all things? Who will bring any charges against those whom God has chosen as his children? It is God who justifies every single one. Christ Jesus who died more than that was raised to life. He is seated at the right hand of God, and from that position uh, at the right hand of God, He intercedes for us daily. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Some trouble that comes up, some hardship in our life, poverty, nakedness, famine, danger, the sword. In all of these things, we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. In all of these things, we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nor good angels, nor demons, nor things present in my life or things to come, I'm persuaded that neither heights my successes or depths my sorrows would ever have the power to separate me from the love of God found in Christ Jesus. And because of all of that, I am more than conqueror through Christ who loved me. More than conqueror. You can conquer things in your life. You can run the marathon through financial difficulties. You can run the marathon in relationships or with regards to your health. You can run that marathon and at the end of the finish line you can collapse and say, I'm never going to run again. This is my last race. Wasn't any fun at all. Or if you're more than conqueror, you come to the finish line and you say, thank you, Lord, for being with me. You help me understand things about myself I would never have known had I not gone through that race. 
I've learned things about other people I'd never known if I hadn't gone through that race. And most importantly, God, I've known come to know things about you that I'd never known if I hadn't gone through that race. If those words come out of your mouth, then you are not just a conqueror, you're not just a survivor, better stated. You are more than conqueror. You are more than just a survivor of all of these things. I look at the cover of this annual report. There's one thing I saw, I highlighted, I circled it. It amazed me. Because as Misty put this annual report together, right underneath 2020, she put the year that God was with us. She didn't put a little parenthesis saying, sorry man, we go went through the COVID virus, sorry, you know. That's why this report is different than it normally be. She didn't even point to the virus. She said, this is the year that God was with us. And when you're talking to the grandchildren 15, 20 years from now, and they're asking you questions about the COVID virus, and when I look at pictures, how come everyone had masks on? Can you tell me what it was like back then? I hope the first words out of Grandma and Grandpa's mouth are the words, well, that was a year that God was with us. More than conquerors. The Apostle Paul was always a warrior, When you become a Christian, you don't change your personality. If you were shy and introverted before you became a Christian, you're probably still shy and introverted, and God's going to use you in certain means and places, even if you're shy and introverted. Your personality might remain the same, but since the Holy Spirit infuses you and me, we became, we become slightly different in the personality that we are. It serves a different purpose. There's a bit more courage because it's not about you and that's what's made you introverted. It's about God so you can open up a little bit more. And if you're loud and boisterous, the sons of thunder, James and John, they didn't turn their personalities, they didn't change it, when they became followers of our Lord, they were still boisterous. And God used those personalities. You look at the twelve disciples. I always thought that Nathaniel and Bartholomew must have been in quiet little church mice. And standing next to the Peter, James, and John, they didn't stand a chance. We've preached a sermon on Andrew. Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter. No one ever introduced Simon Peter as Andrew's brother. They always introduced Andrew as Simon Peter's brother. And yet Simon Peter did mighty things for the kingdom. He introduced his brother to Jesus. He introduced the boy with five loaves and two fish to Jesus. He introduced the Gentiles to Jesus and said, they want to come to know you. And then Jesus said, time for me to climb the cross. Saul was a warrior before he became a Christian. And he remained a warrior 
when he became a Christian. He was always a fighter. We read in the Scripture today about running a race, written by Paul, the battler, the fighter, the warrior. He said to Beethoven, a quote I remember from 40 years ago, never forgot it. They said to Beethoven, you're so great because you're born with this talent. If I was born with this talent, I'd be as great as you are. Beethoven looked him in the eye and said, I worked hard. They looked at Michael Jordan they said, you are, you're so great because you're born with this talent. He too was offended. He said, I worked harder than anyone. Pastor Paul said the same about himself. I worked harder. I battled harder. I fought harder. I ran faster than anybody. Before he's a Christian, he's fanatical in his desire to exterminate the Christians. He rounds up this group, brings them to Jerusalem. They're put on trial before the Sanhedrin. They're taken care of. No sooner is it done, takes a one-day break, goes back to the Sanhedrin. Give me some more papers. I'm going to this town, this town, this town. I'm going up there to Galilee. I'm going through Samaria. I'm going to round up as many Christians as I can. He was a battler. And when you have that fanaticism, and you take it away from the dark and bring it into the light, my goodness, Gracious. Let me start a church in Ephesus, done there. Let me start a church in Philippi, done there. Let me go to Derby. Let me go to Lystra. Let me go to Corinth. Let me go to Ephesus. One after another, after another, after another. I want to go to Rome. I want to preach to the Christians in Rome. I want to teach the Christians in Rome. And God says, Paul, calm down. I'll get you to Rome when I'm ready for you to go to Rome. But right now I need you to go to this place and this place and this place. He was a battler. He was a warrior. When he became a Christian, the battles that he fought were of such magnitude that you or I would have quit after one of them. He battled the crazy Gentiles. The group that he wanted to save, he battled them. They said, Paul, don't you be coming into our town telling us that the Roman gods and the Greek gods are all fake. Don't you be coming into our town because we will stone you. You mess with our economy by saying that Diana in Ephesus and all the temples and statues we built for her, don't go and tell us she's bogus. That's exactly what he did. He fought the Gentiles, their religion. You saw it in today's reading. I've become all things to all men that I might save as many as possible. When I'm with the Gentiles, I'm like them. When I'm with the Jews, I'm like them. When I'm with the rich, I like them. When I'm with the poor, I'm like them. I do everything I can to save as many as possible for the kingdom. Fanatical, warrior, battler, fighter. And if it wasn't enough to be battling the Gentiles, he was battling the Roman officials. 
Everything was calm and peaceful until you came, and Paul, you've messed up everything. You got the scribes and Pharisees all stirred up. They're a fanatical group. The way it is, we try and keep them calm and peaceful. You've come and stirred everything up. Paul said to the Roman officials, I will not be silenced. Jewish church leaders said to Paul many times what they said to Peter. Acts 4.12 Don't you ever talk about him again or you're going to end up dead like your master. And he said, I can't help but talk about him. There is no other name under heaven given to men whereby we must be saved. He has a list of his battles. He battled the mobs, he battled false friends, he battled weariness, fatigue, arthritis, bad eyes. He battled a thorn in the flesh he wrote about in the Bible. He battled the horrors of imprisonment and he battled death itself. But when he came to death, it wasn't a battle. Philippians 1.21, I have an intense desire to depart and to be with my Lord but I'll stick around for a little bit longer and I'll battle for a little bit longer for his kingdom. Do you get tired? Yes. Isaiah forty twenty nine was often a part of his life. Even fanatic warriors like Paul grow tired and weary. Even young men like Paul stumble and fall. But for those who wait upon the Lord, as did Paul, for those who wait upon the Lord, he'll renew their strength in the morning. They'll get back on the trail. And they'll run for the kingdom and not grow weary. And they'll walk for the kingdom. And they'll not grow faint. And he said about himself, I am more than conqueror, not through my education, not through the words and philosophy of Gamaliel. I am more than conqueror, not because I had a bunch of money saved away before I became a Christian. I am more than conqueror, not because of all the connections I've made in the Gentile community and Christian community. He said, I'm more than conqueror through Christ who loved me. Are you a survivor? Or are you more than conqueror? Did you survive the cancer, but it left you an angry and bitter person? Did you survive the divorce, but did it leave you an angry, a bitter person? Did you survive the fact that after dating him for eight years, and it was three weeks before the wedding, and he walked away? Did you just survive it? Or are you more than conqueror? Did you just survive it? Saying to yourself, I'll never trust another female as long as I live. I'll never trust another male as long as I live. Did you survive your childhood, bad as it was? 
Did you just survive it when you had worked at the company for 18 years and the new guy comes in, he's worked there for six months, he gets the big promotion and you're left sitting there with a look on your face of great discouragement. Did you just survive that? And you were left a jaded individual. Did, he said we are, uh, what then shall we say in response to this? Whatever it was, were you something before it happened and now you're a different person after and the different person after is a far darker person than was before? Or are you more than conqueror? That happened to you, but you learn lessons about yourself. You learn something about yourself that you never knew you had in you. There's a man one time years ago went to his doctor, said, so concerned about my wife. Our daughter has cancer. My wife, the little things in life just drive her insane. If the person in front of us is driving two miles an hour too slow, she just freaks out. If the can of beans on the cabinet is turned in the wrong direction, she just freaks out. I'm more concerned about her than about me because I look at life differently. But how is she going to survive the imminent death of our daughter? And the doctor said to that man, I'm amazed in all the years that I've been a doctor. When it comes to something of that magnitude, God comes. And he gives them a grace and a strength that they would never have otherwise. What you went through last year, 20 years ago, 50 years ago when you were a child, what you went through, are you more than conqueror? Because of what you went through, instead of being an angry, bitter person, jaded person, are you kinder? Are you more compassionate? Do you understand in your own heart what pain and suffering is? And you don't want any other human being to go through that. Galatians 6, 1 and 2. Carry someone else's burden. Then your burden becomes lighter. Carry someone else's burden and thus fulfill the law of love that God has given you. Did you learn something about yourself? Did you become a stronger person, kinder person, more merciful, more just? Then you are more than conqueror. Romans 15.4, these things have been written in the past, so that through endurance, your endurance granted you by God, so that through endurance and encouragement of the promises of God's Word, you might do more than survive. 
Secondly, you are more than conqueror if you learn something about other people. You thought strength was going through things by yourself. I don't need anybody else. I'm strong, I'm independent, I don't need another human being at all to help me. I might be married, but I don't need my spouse to help me through this. I might have friends, but I wouldn't bother them. I can handle this on my own. That's true strength. No, true strength is when you realize that God puts other people in your life to be with you when you go through a battle. If there was anyone who had a game changer in understanding life, it was me. Before John's illness some 16 years ago, I thought my purpose was to serve others. And if they would say, Pastor, how can we help you? I would quickly leave that territory and I'd turn it back on them. What can I do? What can I do? What can I do? And when you go through what Connie and I went through with John, you realize there's no way on God's green earth that you're ever going to survive that unless there be other people around praying for you, sending you a card or a letter or email, bringing over food, making themselves available. I've said it a hundred times. Down in Wichita, Kansas, where I came from, there was a funeral, but there were no wakes. There were no luncheons. If you wanted to pay your respects, you drove by their house, said your amens, and then left. I come up here and there's two-day wakes back in those days. And there's funeral luncheons at Papa Joe's or here after the funeral. Sitting there scratching my head on that one. We're grieving in here and then we're celebrating somewhere else. Didn't take me long to understand. Those people that come to a wake, they're providing support and strength. People there at the luncheon... They come up to the table, they give a little hug. They say, call me for anything. And if you don't call them in a week's time, they call you. How can I help? You realize going through a storm, if you're more than conqueror, you learn what family and friends and sometimes total strangers mean. Guy in a snowbank last weekend thousand cars passing by, stuck in the snowbank. One car stops after 25 minutes. One car stops. And when the man comes up to his car and he rolls down the window, he looks at the man, he doesn't say thank you to him first, he says, thank you God for sending this man to me. And the man hears that comment. And he smiles and says, I'm glad God made me stop. And that man in the snowbank stuck there, he'll remember that 20, 30 years from now. This is what Jesus meant when he said, Let your light so shine before men that they may see not your indifference, that they may see not your anger or your bitterness or your jadedness, that your light so shine before men 
that they may see a kindness come out of you and then roll down the window and say, thank you, God, for this person. The knock on the door at the right time, the email at just the right time, the $1,000 check in the mail anonymously the day before you are going to foreclose on your house. You are more than conqueror if you learn the importance of friends, family, and total strangers who stop on a snowy day to get you out of a snowbank. And finally, you are more than conqueror if you learn things about God. And if you learned that God is real, it's the most important lesson you should ever learn. Twenty years ago, I kept asking God, give me some sign you're real, give me some sign you're real, give me some sign you're real. Let me see your face in the clouds. Just appear to me for five seconds. Show me that you're real. January 5th, 2005, he showed me he was real. That day I've talked about often. Jonathan, University of Chicago, first treatment for brain cancer, the chemotherapy and the radiation. Fourth floor, bitterly cold like it is today. That Cadillac sitting in front of that door on the fourth floor. Exhaust belching out of his tailpipe. And I'm going to go talk to him and tell him to move his car, but I look at the license plate first. In case there's a confrontation. When I look at the license plate, B-E-S-T-L-L, be still. Only license plate in the state of Illinois with those words on it. Jonathan's favorite verse. And I said to John, I said to Connie, look at the license plate. And he slowly drove away. You ask me what I remember most about Jonathan's illness, his remissions, his passing. If you ask me what I remember most, it was that license plate. Because I knew then what I had always known. God is real. And when you go through anything and realize that God himself has it all in his hands, what peace comes to you? What peace comes in our Savior's name. Amen. Heavenly Father, there's a promise in the Bible. Sometimes we're skeptical about it because we just survived, we didn't conquer. 
That verse is Romans 8.28, Lord. It says, all things work together for good to those who love God, who believe that He's real, who desire to serve His purpose. All things work together for good. I might not have married the guy that I dated for eight years and he ditched me three weeks before the wedding. But 18 months later, I married another individual that God brought. And 20 years later, I'm celebrating, celebrating, celebrating as our first grandchild has come. Lord, help me not just to survive life and collapse at the end. Help me not just survive life, but I'm an angry, bitter person because of all the things that happened. Help me by your grace and through your Spirit to be what the Apostle Paul was, more than conqueror through Christ who loved me. May it be so, Lord, such great peace then and such powerful light shining forth from that individual. Such things we ask in our Savior's name. Amen.